Welcome to episode 254 of the Whatnots Review Show, where every week we pick a story and we talk about it. This could be a movie, TV show, anime, manga, comic book, audio drama, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and we talk about it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined, as always, by Kyle Springer. Good morning. It's Fast 10 weekend. Fast and the Furious is. is out this weekend. We've seen the most fast-paced movie there is and a bit on this podcast, we're about to talk about the slowest yes. <laughs> movie there is. <laughs> the timing oh, is intentional. Stuff. I'm yeah. very happy we were able to put this together. Indeed, indeed. Uh, Melissa, how was your weekend? Ben? Besides, I know we both went to go see Fast 10. It's been good. It's been productive. I cleaned a bunch of stuff, cleaned out my closet. I bought a fan. I've never bought a fan as an adult. Fans are is, is seventy dollars. One of those like standing tower ones. Is yes, it like a ring one of them. Oh, it's okay. a tower. Gotcha, seventy gotcha, bucks gotcha. for a very nice model. Why didn't I do this earlier? There you go. There you go. So some some sometimes you just need to upgrade your stuff or like buy something. It's like I think an adult would own that. And, and, exactly. And you just get one. This right? is what I've. This is what I've learned. If there's a thing I remember my dad bought me once, I should try Googling it because maybe now I can afford it by myself. Maybe it doesn't cost like infinite dad money. Oh, man. <laughs> well, Melissa, would you be interested in $2,000 to uh, go on a dangerous mission? No. No? <laughs> no I would I, not. I, I think I watched a YouTube video that said the $2,000 that they are working for in the movie that we're about to talk about uh, is worth like $20,000 today uh, hmm. ish, like r- roughly. So it's qu- quite a bit, quite a bit it of is. money. Um, my weekend was good. I have not done too much yet. I just got caught up with yellow jackets uh, and stuff like that. And we got the finale next week of season two. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited about that. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of been my weekend. It's kind of been it. Um, so I say we, we we start jumping into the wages of fear. Yes. The movie we we're talking about today is the 1953 French movie, The Wages of Fear. This was directed by Henri Georges Clouseau. Uh, And the movie is actually in several different languages, which I thought was cool. It is in French, Spanish, English, German, Italian, and Russian. Yeah, all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so when you pitched this last week, I picked this one vaguely thinking it was a certain (laughs) movie. Um, I it, it was not the one I was thinking about, and that's okay. I I I don't rem I, like I don't know the name of the movie that I was thinking about, but it was one of those ones that I've seen like on YouTube videos or heard mentioned yeah. in a podcast, and I I just had this like vague image of a certain scene that I've heard described a number of times, and when you started to pitch this it started to ring a bell being like, I, I think this is that movie. 
So that's why I picked it, to be honest. Mm. Oh, <laughs> um, not the movie that I was thinking about, but I have what also were you heard imagining? this one. So there's some movie, and if you're listening to this, you 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 might know what I'm talking about, and just be like, "You idiot!" It's this movie. Um, it's something about like cars or like two cars trying to cross a bridge, like this, like r- rickety, like rope bridge i i feel like it may have been one of the inspirations for like indiana jones or something like that uh okay but when you describe like two cars uh like going real slow because they have nitroglycerin Mm. in the back i was like that i i think this is it i i think they come to a bridge that it like but that was not okay when you picture this movie, is it in black and white or color? Black and white, I think. Just based on the title, is it Bridge Over the River Kwai? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> that was my guess. That, w- that was a, like a movie that my dad had. Um, Big dad movie. Yeah. I just, I, I did not that that rules it out. <laughs> But right I, I guess but um i yeah because everything I, I, else just, i don't know why like that idea of a scene has stuck with me um that they're like fighting for position to see who yes. gets to go on this like single lane bridge first um in hopes that they can be the ones to make it across um but they're... i don't know <laughs> This movie was remade by William Friedkin in 1977, but I imagine that one was in color. That also feels very Werner Herzog. When I was watching mm. this movie, it made me think of Fitzcarraldo and Aguirre, The Wrath of God. But again, color pictures. Who, who knows? Who knows? So I, I, I picked this thinking it was one thing. It was not, but this is also a thing that I have heard described, or I, I think I think I'd seen the ending shot of this in like a film class that I t- mm. took in college. Um, not that we really studied it, but it just like it was one. I, I like I've seen that before. I've seen that picture. I've mm-hmm. seen that one scene. Um, so it it was f- familiar to me, um, and. Yeah, I enjoyed this film quite a bit uh, in different ways, too. Like it was one that I kind of had to wrestle with a little bit and be like, why do I enjoy this part of the movie? Or like, why do I enjoy that part uh, in comparison to the other bits and, and, and stuff like that? But yeah, I walked away being like, this was an interesting movie, yes. to say the least. Yeah. Um Yeah. So. I'm happy we watched this one. I I did. I understand why it has been talked about. Why now, 70 years later, people still bring it up. It is uniquely thrilling. You can see how it has influenced things to come. Yeah, Valuable piece of cinema history. I'm happy we did this. I think this is the oldest movie we've ever watched on the review show. You and I. Because I know in the previous incarnation of the show, which you did with another co-host, you did watch Metropolis. Yes, that was like 1923 or something like that, I think. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but so far, 1953, the oldest movie we've covered. I I imagine we will beat this. 
I've been wanting us to get some real old school noir up in here. Yeah. For right now, it holds to the record. There you go. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, this is a much talked about film. Uh, like we kind of alluded to already, it is about uh, these four men who take a job to deliver nitroglycerin to uh, this like oil fire that has ha- happened. Uh, mm-hmm. But the road to deliver this nitro is perilous. It is very, very, very yes. dangerous. And the cars, the 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 trucks that they are delivering it in don't have shocks. They don't like it's like they need to go pretty slow to make sure they're not rocking the, the truck back mm. and forth so they don't explode. Um, and man, it just has these really, really long sequences of all sorts of tension, whether it be uh, some kind of perilous detail about the road or some like they need to make some hairpin turn and they, it's on this like cliffside. So they had, yeah. like, uh, you know, they need to maneuver really carefully. Um, but then also th- within each truck, the two drivers, just kind of the tension between the two of these mm-hmm. drivers uh, and their emotional states, their reasons behind doing this. Do they think this is worth it? Is their lives worth the two thousand dollars that they they are uh, said to to get if they complete it? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 an it's an interesting film for sure. But man, it is tense. And I didn't know going into this why they are making this journey outside of the money, the titular wages of fear. But to learn that the, the nitroglycerin is needed to cause an explosion that will blow out the oil fire. They say, like, we've tried everything else. This is going to work like just sn- blowing out a candle on a grand scale. That's what we need it for. Yeah. And so to learn that there is a real purpose behind what they're doing. Like this could cause severe damage to the landscape, to more human lives. People have already died doing this. There is some level also of of moral weight to what they are doing. It isn't just the paycheck. Yeah, Um, I will say that this also in a way felt like an episode of the Twilight Zone to me. Okay, Um, yeah. Like, because, yeah, it is this harrowing experience for all of the characters. Um, But like you said, there's lessons in morality in this. Uh, It's kind of an allegory for uh, capitalism and and colonialism and the 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 products of that and what that does to small towns to human lives how it can manipulate them mm. how people are sometimes stuck and in a position to they just kind of have to be a part of that and they they can't get out right um or they they don't know how or they, they only see one option right mm-hmm. um so it has some some interesting themes and things to say on that. That to me, it felt like this kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't idea uh, that I I think would fit really well in a Twilight Zone yeah. episode. Um, but yeah, 
I, I enjoy, enjoyed this a lot. I will say uh, off the top, if you have not watched this yet and you're thinking about it, this being an older film, uh, there is uh, some racist uh, comments mm. made qu quite often. Um, there is a very short scene that has some violence against a a animals uh, that you might want to mm. be aware of. Thankfully, it's nothing too gruesome and it it moves on very fast uh but just know that that stuff is is in there mm. um but i'll uh, also say it's yeah it's got a slower pace at the beginning i mean the whole movie is slow but it takes them like an hour to get into the cars there is a lot of setup and a lot of uh, character development that happens before the main inciting incident for the plot yeah, yeah. Uh, when when you pitched these movies la, 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 last week, you pitched it with the idea of here's three very sweaty movies. Yes, <laughs> everyone is just three hot, hot movies, right? Yeah. Yes, um, just sticky. And yeah, the opening hour or so of this film, yeah, is just they are sweating, standing still, uh, just sitting there with nothing to to to, to, to do. And uh, it, 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 yeah, it will read as very slow, especially to a modern audience. Uh, so that might turn some people off too. But I think it is worth sticking out um, and, mm. and watching this because I, I definitely had a good time watching this one. So uh, let's see. We've, we've already done the, the, the plot yeah. uh, on this. Is there any other thing that you kind of wanted to highlight about this spoiler free before uh, going in? There's some cool shots in it. The cinematography is I mean, I don't know a lot about cinematography history. I've been learning a little bit more about silent films and there's a shot in mm -hmm. wings, the first ever Oscar winning film that like blows my mind. So people have been doing really cool stuff with a camera for a hundred plus years, but there's neat stuff in here. I really for like sure. some of the framing and some of the shots. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I just at, at a quick glance on their Wikipedia page, I saw, I saw that uh, they make a reference to Dunkirk and that, uh, that movie was very influenced by Wages of Fear. Here, mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna have to watch little, Dunkirk again. Little fun fact: Yeah, Dunkirk was also good too. Um, cool. Well, we will take a quick break for housekeeping, uh, and when we come back, we will get into spoilers and start talking a little more in depth about the Wages of Fear. So we will be right back. Here at The Whatnots, we make multiple different shows, and a lot of hard work goes into making them, so we would love it if you check them all out. If you enjoy our shows, patreon.com slash the whatnots is the best place to show your support. For just a dollar a month, you can get early access to episodes, and at our $3 tier, a Patreon-exclusive podcast, The Pilots Club. You can um, even get a shout out and thank you on most of our shows at the $5 tier. I could jump right and into it. of our patrons already, Thank you so much. Is that okay much. with you? It means the world to us. You can find out more information on our website. Sure, yeah. Whatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Sure. When you type in the Whatnots, yeah. all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. You can also find us on YouTube and Twitch for video versions of the shows, trailer reactions, and live streams. And lastly, we have merch. 
If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a hoodie or a mug or something else, head over to the whatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. All right, we are back. Once again, a big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. We love you a lot. We appreciate you. Thank you. A ton. Uh, for the, the, those patrons at the $3 tier or above, you get access to the Pilots Club. And this month on the Pilots Club, we got to talk about Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Uh, it's going to be a that 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 I I love that show a lot. It was a blast t- talking about the pilot episode of that. We've gotten some some good Marvel shows, some some mm-hmm. good Marvel cartoons here on the review show this month because uh, we also recently talked about the spectacular Spider Man right here on the review show. Um, so if you, if you want some some good Marvel cartoons to ch- check out, those would be two of them. Over on the Reactor Core, Melissa, Yo, and I are are keeping up with our reactions to the Yellow Jackets season two. Right after this, we are recording our re- reaction review thing to two of the latest episodes uh, on on that. And like I said, we have the finale next week. I'm super excited. Lots to talk about there. We also have a spoiler cast for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Uh, and then right uh, over on the Captain's Log. Uh, this past week, we talked about uh, some of the Eisner nominees for, mm. for comics and some 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 standouts for, for, for that. I decided that I will make a, a bit about Beetlejuice 2 and I will drive it into the ground until it's not funny <laughs> anymore. Uh, <laughs> anytime there is Beetlejuice 2 news, I am talking about it on that show. We will be the leading Beetlejuice 2 podcast. I promise you. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we had some Marvel news. We watched the trailer for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Um, all sorts of good stuff. We're up to some fun stuff here at mm, the whatnot. So go check all of that out. Um, but yeah, that's about it for housekeeping. So I say we get into spoilers. Bam, there we go. The wages of fear. Melissa, I, I, I think right off the bat, I, I want to talk about like that first half of the film, the mm-hmm. slower part where they haven't even taken the job yet. Because mm-hmm. um, that was an interesting one for me. I was not expecting that. And I was kind of expecting it to get into this drive a little bit sooner. Yeah. Um, what, what were your thoughts on this first half? I wish I had a little bit more context for how all of the characters ended up in this little town. Cause mm, we're sure. in, I don't think it specifies where, but I think we're in South America. Uh, it's, it's, so it's a this little fictional South America yeah. T- town. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't have a concept of where in the continent it is, what country it might be in. Uh, but we're in the South American town with an American oil company and it's all these European characters we are following two characters from France, one from Italy and one from Germany, which is quite a ways away. And they've all wound up here and gotten stuck there. And I wanted more information on specifically how that happened. 
like I know there is some promise of job prospects here with this big American oil company, right. but how they all wind up here from from Europe, where they already in the continent, where they're already looking for jobs in the oil industry. Have they been around the area? Uh, I wanted more of that. I, I had trouble understanding why we are starting where we are starting. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it is so multicultural in the town mm. that they're in. Um, and g- g- yeah, like I'd, I'd be interested to know a little bit more about like what like why is it so diverse there? Um, which I, I, I think I was not ex- expecting. Right. When you pitch this as a f- 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 a French yeah. film, I I didn't know if this was going to be taking place in France somewhere in the or mm-hmm. not or some somewhere. Right. Like I, I just didn't know. Um, but it, it they be, because it is this fictional town that's really in the middle of nowhere. That's kind of one, one of the things that we know about this town. Like there is nothing else around it. That's partly why they can't get out of the town mm-hmm. because it's so far away. It's so expensive to take the yeah. train to wherever else. And they just well, they're the, working well, for there pennies is no and they can't really train. Get I got the impression that the, the roads around there aren't in great condition. It's difficult mm-hmm. to get a car that isn't like, a vehicle assigned to you by the oil company for work right, purposes. Yeah. There's a little airstrip, but the fare is so expensive. It like traps a lot of people there. Like they have to work so hard to get the money to fly out of there, which if it's such a, uh, a trap, <laughs> how did you get there in the first place? It seems like you've got one chance. Maybe you work for the oil company and that's the only thing that would bring you to this town and the only thing that would get you out of the town. Right. It's 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 the promise of riches. It's also it, I, I think you can look at it as like a last ditch effort because even some of the characters, even though they appear to be uh, you know, higher class or richer, they are also there because they need the money, right? Like it, mm-hmm. it really feels like they are in in some type of way to be just like, uh oh, like I, I, I need some yeah. money fast. Um, and but, but I, I, I think that's what's interesting to me is be, because it's it's so out in the middle of nowhere. It's so multicultural. It is so like you, you just get stuck. There that also helps feed into my like Twilight Zone read of this of of, mm-hmm. of just like this is some like limbo like space. Yes. Are are they already yeah. in hell? Are they uh, you know is yeah. is it something? It feels like a fable or some kind of like here yeah. here's a parable about this this strange town that people get stuck in. Why might they get stuck there? Um, you know, there's yeah, this, this the, one co- corporation that is taken over and it's done, you know, um, there so yeah. is something about the circumstances that are so dire. It does feel almost eerie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, there should be something else going on here. It's tr- it's a very black and white situation they're in. Like it's For it's sure. on or off. It's this or it isn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I at first started really not liking this first half like is it is it especially mm-hmm. when when you're hit like pretty quickly with the very blatant racist 
stuff in in the the one scene where they're throwing the rocks at the dog i was just like oh yeah oh god uh Okay, it's an older movie, so I know that stuff. Let's mm-hmm. see, you know, let's work past it. But even then, I was just like, when are they going to get to what I thought this movie was right. about? Um, yeah, like, this is what we came here for. Get in the truck, drive real slow. Right. But I think as it went on, it started to charm me. It, like, mm-hmm. I, I ended up kind of liking it. And to be honest, I... I think I would have been equally as interested in a movie that was just that, like just a look at this like slice of life, middle of nowhere town and the things that happen in this town. Mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, th- like it, it like it, it just it, like again, it just felt like, why are these people here? What happened to br- like that was an interesting enough story to me. To be like, why, why are they all mixing here in this town? Um, but it, it, I think at the end of the day, when you start to then put this in juxtaposition with the second half of this helm, I think that the first half works to, to, to make you suffer with these mm-hmm. characters, right? You get to sit with them and sweat with them and do nothing with them. And that's kind of the de- the desperation that they're in. They want something. They want anything that will get things moving. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, when there is this offer of like, hey, there's been this fire, there's been this explosion, and we need to send Nitro up, up, up there, like, Half of the town's men just jump at the chance to be like, yes, I will take this. Um, And like that, that like that, I think that that slow nothing has happened in town, I think just really paints a picture of desperation and why they would jump at that chance to and and it made me just be like, oh, all right. Yeah, cool. Yeah. No, this makes sense. I've suffered with them. I feel their pain like I've been stuck in that town, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. So here we go. Let's go on the dangerous mission. <laughs> I stuff. do like the scenes in the bar. I think the the night before they leave on this mission, maybe where Luigi comes in spending what little yeah. money Who knew he that has this was the original mario <laughs> that we forgot about right there's right. mario in Twice there there's a luigi year. in there They're yes this is the luigi you've been looking and... for you've been tricked with false luigis so far this year here's a I true certainly luigi have. for you yeah he there's a scene where he goes to the doctor which happens very abruptly i don't think we get any it, it just happens like there's no lead up to Oh, I've been well, feeling unwell. I keep coughing. I'm going to the doctor. We you just do see, see him, him like making b- bread and he's coughing like in, okay. in the kitchen, which is like, all right, dude, I don't know if I want to eat that. But also, I I guess that's just how it was back then. <laughs> right. If there's just flour flying around, I think I could imagine like, oh, I'm sure. coughing because like flour got in my throat. Like I really didn't think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he goes to the doctor. Cement. He's. Yeah, he's worked with cement before, and the doctor's like, there's cement dust in your lungs. You're not going to live very long. So he's sort of 
uh, having himself one last night on the town and he goes to this bar and he wants to buy champagne for for everybody which surprised me that this bar even had champagne available like things seem very so small around here i thought champagne would have been out of the entire city's limits for things it could have but he orders the champagne and he starts he like turns on the radio he starts dancing with linda i think is her name mario's girlfriend uh or at least the, the lady who he keeps going on dates with and then ignores. Mm-hmm. Not a great relationship yeah. there. But <laughs> they start like <laughs> dancing around and then is it Mario? Somebody like just rips the cord out of the back of the radio. And so then Luigi and everybody else in the crowd just starts singing that song like really loudly, really aggressively. And it's a really repetitive song, like the same couple phrases over Let's and see. over again. That's a yeah, cool scene. On the wrong page. Um, just like you yeah, take away our radio, was, we become the radio. I I think it was Joe. He's the other okay. French guy because there was a scene like the day before where they're playing the radio and he asks to yeah. turn it off because he's like, I don't like music. Um, and then someone else who's sitting at the bar is just like, well, I do. Bam. And he turns it back on. Uh, and so, yeah, that that next night when they do start up the music again, he's just like, all right, that's it. I'm just going to rip the cord out. And then every everyone is just pissed off and is just like, what the mm-hmm. fuck, dude? Like, come on. And so, yeah, they all start singing and dancing and, and stuff like that. And he's just like, all right, whatever. <laughs> I give up. Um which I like is is an interest because like that is another reason why I was interested in like I I think I could have watched a whole movie about just this nothing happening town right um because like the 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 tension that is in there between the groups of people that are in there the idea idea that the guy that owns the little restaurant bar saloon thing also does not like some of the customers but they're the only customers in the town so he kind of has to invite them back every single night like there's just this tension that builds up between them anyways um and so like that was interesting to see and yet they are also all just dancing together and singing together and there's that one scene of the dude playing the guitar and other like people just sitting there around him listening like they just kind of don't have anything to do so they have to keep coming back Mm -hmm. Um, which yeah again i think can fit into the themes of the like colonialization of the town the, the capitalism mm. stuff that's happening there in the t- t- town that they're just stuck and they just have to keep coming back to whatever that oil company gives them and yeah. that's it there's a supporting character um bernardo who is this younger guy again we don't know how he is why he is in the situation he is in. We don't have a real mm-hmm. origin story for anybody and their, their setting and their relationship to the town. But he's a younger guy. He's trying to get out and he has an American visa. 
that's going to expire in like a month. And he's like, I am, I have such good opportunities waiting for me as soon as I get to America. I just have no way to get there. And he's dreaming about like, what if I can, there's like the one plane that goes in and out of town. He's like, what if I can sneak in there? What if I can convince somebody? Let me just lay down here with the cargo. Like he tries out for the the driving test to get one of these jobs. And one of the other local guys like takes off his shirt and throws it in front of the car. So it lands on the windshield and he like panics and he stops. And the, the foreman is like, no, we can't have you doing that on the road. The nitroglycerin will not take it. You're disqualified. So his yeah. options are which done. seems unfair. But the, the like guy doing the t- test is also not wrong that like unexpected things will happen and will cause you to like you need to remain level headed and just kind of keep going uh yeah so he's just like nah and it seems like the test the test is at least partially fixed like i think he's already because joe came and talked to him he's like old friends with joe and joe's like you bring me and my new buddy mario we are two of your drivers and i don't think he assigns like oh and bring luigi and bring bimba in too i don't think they even know bimba but like it's sort of fixed that Mario's going to get in and Joe thinks he's going to get in until his friend hires somebody else. And it's like, you're not the man you used to be. You're getting up there. I don't trust your reflexes anymore. I think you're too old to do this. Which is really funny because the guy they hired instead of him <laughs> looks a lot physically older than than him. Yeah. Right? They're just like, but maybe he's an old guy. Like, what? What do you right. do? <laughs> but, but who knows maybe like he's he's got more wrinkles but his reflexes are sharper it's all about like how do you drive and he looks at joe and he's like i don't think you can do this and that is this weight that is over the driving sequences in the second half of the film that it's not mm, anything yeah. specific it's not a mistake it's just his his senses may be dulled that's it that's what's going to cause some giant explosion that joe is just not capable of driving the way yeah. that the car needs to be driven i don't remember if they said it explicitly but i'm assuming he fought in the war previously mm. um and because he there's one moment that he's 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 like you don't know what i've been through and so i i just kind of assumed mm-hmm. that was like stuff that happened in the, the war um but I'm wondering if because Joe knew what was his name? O'Brien, um, the yeah. guy that was setting up the oil stuff. It was it, it was like Bill O'Brien or something. Yes, that's it. Like that. Um, I'm wondering if they knew each other in the war and mm-hmm. that there is this hands of like, dude, I like I know what you've been through. Not like a, a sympathy move but also like i know the toll it's taken on you and i don't know if you're capable of yeah this stuff there Um, i don't think you've got the nerve for it anymore yeah over um yeah his his whole situation but bernardo after he fails out of the driving test he doesn't feel like he has any more options so he writes his mom a letter that says dear mom i've found work I'm doing okay. It might be a long time before you hear from me again. I'm, I'm busy working. And he gives a letter to Linda and asks her to mail it. 
And later that night, Linda's worried about Mario. So she goes out to, to like pray in the garden. And then she sees Bernardo hanging from the tree. It's, it's very haunting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting scene. It, it is kind of what starts off the journey. This like picture of death yeah. of just like even someone who didn't make it on the actual mm. job is already starting to like yeah. feel this fear and the sense of dread that there is just nothing in life for me. Um, like the, 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 like I, I don't want to say well, let me think. I, I think for a more modern audience, maybe the film isn't so nihilistic uh, mm. Like it, it's not so sad. like there is a sense of dread on this film and this weight on, on it, like like you alluded to. But I don't think it's so bad that you're like, man, this film is just like everyone is doomed. Right. Um, mm. But I wonder if it maybe would have played like that for the audience at the time. Of, maybe, of, yeah. of just like, man, like this is bleak. Like mm-hmm. this is just, ugh. um, but, but yeah, that, that is basically the thing that like starts out the journey and mm-hmm. because that, uh, well, it's that kid that takes his life and then they never say exactly what happened to that other old yes. man, but it's implied yeah. that Joe kills him. Right. Killed him, knocked him out. We don't Something, know. Yeah. All we know is he doesn't show up for like the 3 a.m. call time to get ready to get on the trucks. Yeah. There's another townsperson who uh, I forget his accent. He might have been American, but he's not a local. This guy had real Twilight Zone vibes and that he is the guy loudly decrying the theme of the movie where he's talking about how he's like uh, all the people are. So when the oil company realizes we've got this oil fire, we need to get the nitroglycerin there to cause an explosion. We can't transport that by plane. We have to send drivers. They send out these cars with megaphones driving around the town like men needed for a dangerous job pays very well. Come here and learn about it. (laughs) And he goes and he learns. He's part of this big like meeting. And he stands up. He's like, I'm not doing this because once you get that kind of fear in you, it never goes away. It affects everything that happens to you for the rest of your life. He's like, that fear is indelible. He's like, I'm not catching that fear. I turn my back on it completely. I'll find another way to to earn a wage here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That very much is is the like Twilight Zone guy mm-hmm. who's, who's just like, I see what's happening here. I'm getting out. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but they 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 have the like early morning call time to get in the cars. Uh, and yeah, the one dude doesn't show up. So Joe gets to, to go on on the right here, which was also kind of planned. Like, I, mm. I, I feel like O'Brien, without saying as much, was just like, well, hey, you know, if one of these guys decides to not show up, I yeah. guess you would be my backup. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, so he's just like, ah, I got you. Um, mm. But what was really funny to me is that they have this really early call time because if they 
can make the trip at a consistent pace, they won't yeah. really have to deal with the midday sun and the heat mm. that comes with mm. that. And even just the heat might explode. Yes, exactly. Um, which, of course, th- like they end up driving slower at certain bits. They stop. They take breaks there's a sign mm. on the car that says no smoking within 50 feet yet they're all still smoking <laughs> like right there yeah. within it um it, it, like they they go much slower than i it, i think they like theoretically planned um and so most of the dr- drive is like in the midday sun but it's not mentioned again as like hey the heat can also be a problem like do, do we need to cover it somehow mm. just to get some sh- 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 shade or something um but i, I just think- thought i was like they just said not to be in the sun and here they are in the sun all day. <laughs> well, I think what Bill O'Brien said is that the sun won't really affect it unless you stop for too long. And they do take little breaks, but it seems like it's, you know, like 20 minutes maximum. <clears throat> they send the two trucks out. They sent out Mario and Joe first. And then mm-hmm. a half hour later, they send out Luigi and Bimba um, to stagger them as a fail safe. Like if one of you blows up, you're far enough away that the other one should still be safe. Uh, and then they're they're Joe is the first driver and he's going kind of slow and he stops and he feels sick. And then they realize, oh, the other truck's coming up behind us. It, Joe still needs to rest. You guys go ahead. And then we sit here and we wait so that then we are a half an hour behind you. And they're waiting in this really beautiful, like kind of eerie forest of all these real narrow close together trees i don't know what trees those are but it's a real interesting mm-hmm. backdrop yeah um yeah and so i i i i think it is a mix of yeah the environment the road that they're on as well as just all the conditions of these men that mm-hmm. start to b- bring in the tension for all of the stuff yeah because they they're they are sitting there on that first break and they're like hey we need to get going here so we can stay ahead and then they like this that second car shows up behind them and they're just like ah well i guess we need to rethink the strategy here uh and send these guys ahead and and stuff like that and down like i i was thinking there would be a little bit more of that of like Mm. we know the road ahead is dangerous what if we take a break to send the other car in first oh. to see what hat? Like I was thinking there was yeah. going to be a little bit more of like a rivalry between yeah, the two cars the, to to be like, I think who's going to go on the road first? I think the description, the like little Google sidebar blurb I read to you last week did indicate there was going to be more of a rivalry than there mm. was. So it's not a a contest it's not like the first truck who gets here gets a bonus or anything like that right or if the other truck explodes you get their money that is what ends up happening uh when joe dies mario does get joe's wages also but that's not part of the stakes at the beginning of this trip yeah yeah um so i i was kind of expecting some of that this like manipulative just like well take a break right here and let them go up here because we saw that there was this rickety old like 
the hairpin turn that they need to back up onto some you know you know wooden thing here let's have them go first and let's see um but the, the the first like real obstacle that they come along is this stretch of road that from what i understood it was bumpy it was it was like yes uh, like like i guess like in modern day times when you start to go off the the the, the side yeah. of the road how they have the grooves in, in yes. it to like shake the car and wake you up um yeah they call that part of the road the washboard and they're like yeah. you have to go really I, there's this nice math to it where they're like we either go so fast that we just fly over all the bumps or yep. we have to go like six miles an hour. We can't yeah, so do it. Can really slowly just go over yeah. all of this. And once again, they don't have shocks. So it's yes. not like they. Yeah. Um, each each option is still dangerous. Um, but the, as the, the first group goes across uh and they are they are taking the slow approach um and the second car which has which started to wait and give them some time time decided to take the fast approach and so they are like almost at the end of this wash board thing and that second car is just coming up like right on the end here to be like are we gonna hit them like we can't swerve off the road here. yes we can't slow down but also it, it, like slowing down is the same as hitting them yeah I, uh, th- like uh, yeah there's just this this like there's just nothing we can do here uh yes such, the, yeah um man and they they just barely make it out of of that and everything is okay Heroine. but that yeah it, it is it is tense it is harrowing indeed um and I think the next obstacle on the road, this might have been my favorite one where they have to go up the mountain and it's got these really tight hairpin turns and they get up there and they see that the turn is so tight that the oil company, I suppose, has been building this wooden platform over the edge of this cliff so that big trucks have got space to like back up uh, and like make that turn smoothly. Otherwise, it's like way too sharp for a truck of that size. So I think it's Luigi and Bemba who go over there first. And it's like, I think Luigi is the one backing Bemba up. Like, okay, drive a little farther, drive a little farther. And then they hit like rotten wood planks. And there's like mud or something. His car is spinning. So Bemba takes like a log and he puts it under the tires. The tires got traction. It's got like actual friction to like rub against. And then it can, can drive up there. Uh, so they they make it pretty narrowly, but there's like boards knocked out and they take this like wooden looks like a, a traffic obstacle or, you know, when you're not supposed to drive down a cul-de-sac or something. They, 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 play here. they, they just One get of those t- some of those sticks to like w- yeah. warn them like, hey, watch out. for yes. this stuff. Here. Hey, look at this. Yeah, this area is in danger. And then they also take a, a like a heavier piece of machinery. I don't, I don't know what it was, it's but like they cart, put that man. back on the uh the wooden platform to indicate okay so that part with the big hole and like the the barrier over it you know that's dangerous if you're smart and you really look at this heavier thing you'll realize oh that part is good we can drive over that part of the platform because that heavy thing is there 
Like, I yeah. liked that thinking. Like, there's no way for them to get a message to each other except for we have to stop and wait half an hour for them to get here. We have to give them some other sort of symbol and hope that they just puzzle it out and realize what it is they're supposed to do. Right, but yeah. When when Mario is driving over that platform and he backs over so far and you don't realize how far he's backed over until there's like a shot from beneath where it's like his back tires are just hitting the edge of that platform and like the bed of the truck is like hanging like over it. it. That's, yeah. that's wily Coyote nonsense. Like <laughs> That was such a striking visual. And he goes back so far that uh, you think he's knocked Luigi off and Luigi, uh, not Luigi, er, J- uh, Joe, 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 yeah. you, you, you want to, it's natural that the brain wants to put a Mario and a Luigi together. But he, you think he has knocked over Joe and Joe has like fallen down into this ravine. So he, Mario, uh, like gets out of the car and he scrambles down there. Yeah. You think he has just killed Joe. Yeah. And then you see the shot, like looking up at the cliff face where you see like Joe has chickened out. He is like climbing up like I am not getting back in the car. I am not helping you do this. And that's a that was one of the shots that made me think about the legacy of this film, because looking up at this little cowardly guy, like scrambling up around these rocks really mm. reminded me of seeing Gollum that's climb around the say, mountains yeah. in the, the second Lord of the second and third Lord of the Rings movies. So a couple things with this whole thing. First mm. of all. I don't. So I I I get why that wood plank was there, all that stuff. It makes sense for the like fiction of the story, right? Mm. All all that good stuff. I I feel like in real life that turn was easy enough for them to I, go <laughs> on. Like the, I, I I think the camera yeah. angles like tried to hide the fact that they probably could have made that turn just fine. I um, I did briefly question. Well, have you guys tried to take the turn? Do you want to try like, and then back they, over this wooden platform? They they can make like half of the turn and yes. then they have to back up onto the wood plank mm. and then go forward to make it back up that ramp. And mm. like I, I understand that the road is so narrow and there is a cliff on that opposite side, like on that turn that they do need to take it slow. It does need to be this kind of like back up and go forward and back up. But they back up so far that it seems like you're backing up more than you would ever need to to be on the platform here. Um, So I I just thought that that was strange. It was like, I I get that the film is trying to build tension, but also I, I like it felt like the camera angles were just trying to like show it in a way that was like but see they have to go on this thing and i was like but do they do they really I, maybe <laughs> just in the location scouting they couldn't find a road with the dimensions they needed so they had to just sort of cheat it a little bit Something i am really like curious to watch the remake sorcerer now and see mm. how that adapts or or improves on just you know like the 24 years later how does this movie feel different with sure its, yeah its more modern resources um but yeah i this is i think also when joe's breakdown not starts but truly manifests mm-hmm. um like it i he is 
helping Luigi. It's Luigi, right? Or is it Mario? That's again, uh, you, it's you Mario. Put a Mario and Luigi. Together. Mario's the one with the little neck scarf, and Luigi's the the big jolly. It's funny because they've it's, got opposite body types. They're, Mario they're looks like a Luigi, right. and Luigi looks like a Mario. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but he, Joe, is helping him back the truck up, and I, I guess just because of the engine being that, or like where he is, where he's in a blind spot and he can't really see him. Like they're not stopping the car, and so that's like he gets almost pinned between this cart and the truck and then the cart gets knocked off and then yeah you don't see exactly what happens to him if he falls off does he like lay down and go underneath the truck and then jump down in the like rotted wood section mm-hmm. we don't know exactly yes how, but, but but yeah you see him you you eventually see him scurry up the mountain and then he just kind of sits on the curb and is just kind of yeah. huddled up. Yeah. And he I, I think at, at this point he is realizing. Like I this guy that I'm with this this mama, this guy Mario is not listening to me and he is so young and so gung ho mm-hmm. and so care not carefree but just like reckless that he like he thinks i like my experience and my my caution is not worth it and i think Mm. he because like he's not immediately completely out of it like he is in that moment when he's sitting down but then like when he gets back up to get in the truck like Mario starts pulling off so that he has to like chase after oh, him. Yeah. Like he's just he's playing very immature with him. But yeah, he's just like this is ridiculous. Like this guy's gonna get us killed. Um, and yeah, I I I think that is when his breakdown like starts to actually manifest and just being like, I like I want to have caught like we have nitroglycerin in the truck. Mm. We need to be cautious. Like, I don't know if this guy really got to fight in much of the war here, but I did. And I like I man, like I the way we're going now, we're not going to make it. OK, I I was reading that. what I maybe read that as. Maybe I was too much in Mario's perspective since he's arguably the main character out of this mm-hmm. ensemble. I was looking at it more as Joe's nerves are shot. He just can't handle this stuff. So he's like, I am not getting near the car again until we are on a safer patch of ground. I will climb up the mountain well, and sure. I will meet yeah. you there. I, I am not helping you navigate this tricky turn. I can't handle that. I don't think you're wrong. Um, yeah, I, I think that like his nerves are shy. He is overly cautious. If if it was completely flipped and Joe was in charge, mm. I think it would have been too slow. Like they probably would have been there for a lot longer. They mm. would be taking more break. Like it just it, it wouldn't have gone like they like I, I almost wonder if they would have been needed. Like if the other car had gotten there, like. And then they showed up. They would have been like, well, we already did the explosion. Uh, Right. And so it's just like, well, what was all of this worth? Like they need to go at a certain pace. And I think Mario Mm. knows that 
to mm. get there, be useful, get the money, yes. like do all yes. of that stuff. And if we go too slow, what's the point? Yeah. Right. Um, mm. So, yeah, there is this yeah, is. conflict bet- between them. And after this, we get I think one of my favorite things in this movie. We have spent the whole movie being so worried about every single bump and jostle like anything could cause the nitroglycerin to blow up. And uh, Luigi and Bemba are farther ahead on the road. It's a relatively peaceful stretch of road. They don't have to go that slow. And they're driving pretty comfortably. They're talking to each other. They're trying to get to know each other better. Bemba, like, has been through, he's German. He was, you know, in World War II. It seems like the, the Nazis, like, killed his parents. He grew up, like, working in a salt mine. Like, he's very harrowed. Uh, mm-hmm. And Luigi, even though he is facing death, he has his spirits are higher, maybe because he has less to lose or maybe just because he sees the hardship on this man he has been paired with. And he's like, well, I got to do something to to lighten the mood here. It's on me then. So chatting. Uh, so you see that. And then you cut back to Mario and Joe farther along down the road. They're like up on a hill coming down to where Luigi and Bemba are in this valley. And they're talking and you see Joe like roll a cigarette like he's got a little cigarette paper that he's put tobacco in. And then all of a sudden it just blows away. And then there's this flash and there's just the the shots of the two of them looking surprised. And then you look out on the landscape and Pimba and Luigi have exploded. Yeah. Just out of nowhere. No lead up. No clue. Looking at the previous scene, you're like, I don't know what could have caused that. But that's the thing. It's anything. That nitroglycerin is so sensitive. It could have been nothing at all. And boom, they are dead with like no lead up. And, and yeah. Right. Exactly. No explanation and like no thing for the next truck to look out for. They can't see what it was and work backward and use that as a cautionary tale yeah. for what so- they should or should not do. I, I do want to say before they explode, there is that the rock that's in the road that the big giant boulder and they have to explode. Oh, yes. That. Yes. Uh, which is also that's I, a good I, scene. I, I really liked that scene a lot. And that there was a bit in that scene because w- when they explode the rock and it explodes and all the like loose rocks from the mountain start to slide down, all that stuff. Joe is sitting there in the open like car door of his truck just holding on so tight and scared because he he's still in this like i don't want to do anything if you guys don't want me i'm i'm just an old useless old man right so i'm just gonna sit here and be like all right we're all gonna die die." they had left out that extra jug of nitro and it's sitting on the side of the road right in front of joe he's staring at it watching all of these rocks like fall down on it so he's just expecting like to blow up um and it doesn't happen there's that one bit where uh luigi goes like oh no like we messed something up like i'll go stop the fuse and he can't get there in time he gets knocked out from the explosion um and it's their smelly feet that wake them up. <laughs> it's like, I can smell your feet. <laughs> um, that, uh, but that I, was so a great to, scene to skip ahead a, a, a little bit. I d- did not see them take that extra jug mm. and put it back into the truck mm. from what I un- from what I saw. 
I think. Yes. Yeah. They just kind of left it there. So I thought at the end when Mario had he had completed the mission and he's driving back and he's just happy like I made it. I got double the money than I expected. Uh, and he's like swerving back and forth like I don't need to worry yeah. about if there's sticks in the road. I, I was like canister is still there i wonder mm. if he misses it and hits it and that's what explodes um, oh and that's not exactly what mm. happens he goes off the edge and, and right just has a, a car axe mm. accident um but uh, yeah that was what i, I was like that would have been brilliant. Like if that thing was just left there and he just haphazardly just hits that, not 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 realizing they never put that back in the uh. truck. Would have just been like, oh, that would have been great. Um, but not what happened. Oh well. Um, but I... yes. <laughs> yes. Luigi and Explosion. Bimba explode. Uh rest in peace, Bimba, who I have to say it, it it's really funny that the character is named bimba because that's mm. what we call one of my cats whose uh. actual name is simba uh. but he's an orange cat so he's he, you know he has like one brain cell uh and and, and so he, he he's just is this he's the just thing kind about of orange cats like is the color of the cat indicative of the cat's intelligence orange cat behavior is just kind of baffling from what i understand and yeah he's well, I thought they just like lasagna <laughs> and hate mondays that's what they yeah. do right um right yeah uh yeah so uh, we we call him bimba because he's just kind of a himbo on 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 top of that right so yeah, like that's that's Handsome our nickname cat. for for, for for him yeah and so when i saw that there was someone in this movie named bimba i was like oh <gasps> Like, oh, my God, there's someone in this. Me like, I, I I texted my partner and I was like, he's real. <laughs> he's a real life person. Yeah. And then he explodes. <laughs> <laughs> you do feel bad for him. Yeah. You, you feel bad like, for Luigi. Yeah. What a way to go out. And what yeah. a that's a scene I had to rewind. I was so amazed by it that you just see the tobacco like. The gust of wind just blows it off of the paper and you don't realize that's what it is because they are so far away from that other truck. And there's, yeah, just the isolated shots of there's just like one reaction shot of Joe and one reaction shot of Mario just perfectly symmetrically framed. This almost like Wes Anderson framing of them sitting there dumbstruck and this like flash yeah. of light. And then you just see the explosion yeah. down in the valley. Yeah. Um, man, I, I, I really liked that scene a lot because, yeah, they eventually do get to the spot where it happened and the oh my oil God. pipe yes. is leaking yes. out. Um, they, they, they like, they don't know if there's like a pothole in the road, like you said, if it was a stick or something that like, or they just got a flat tire or something like who, like there's just no evidence except yeah, this like no crime exploded scene. pipe. Yeah, that's just leaking yeah. oil. Um, and I love that this, I love that they can prepare for so many things. Like the the road is mapped. People have driven on this road before. They know what it is, but there's stuff like the giant boulder that fell into the road in that quarry area. 
And it's like, well, the road around it, like the area around the road is too rough. We can't go over it. We have to just use some of the nitroglycerin we have and explode this giant boulder. Like that's our one option. Right. Like maybe they could have if they didn't have the nitro in it. Like they can just go up and around, but not with this. Not now. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get to the something you're not thinking about with the explosion is it leaves this giant crater you're going to have to traverse, especially when there's a burst pipe that is just leaking oil and it's making this giant mud oil pit that's rising and rising. And at first they're like, okay, it's not that deep yet. We can do this. If we just go through right now before it gets deeper, we can traverse this, but it's so muddy and they get stuck and like Joe has to climb out and just sort of like help pull the truck or help push it or something. And then he gets run over and he's like drowning in the mud. It's it's such a striking visual. Yeah. Yeah, And then like when. Go ahead. Then when Mario is able to like get the truck out of the uh, out of the hole, he goes back in, he pulls Joe out and like Joe's lower leg is liquefied in a way that really amazed me for this time. We've been watching Yellow Jackets on that. There's that shot in episode two in the plane crash where they they pull out coach and coach's leg has been, you know, damaged by part like it was trapped under part of the plane. You pull yeah. out his leg and his leg is just mutilated. It is barely solid. Like that's one of the most memorable visuals from this modern show. So to go back to this movie from 1953, that's doing kind of the same thing. I was yeah. really amazed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- this, this whole thing is wild because it like it's oil. So it's slick. And, and, yes. and, and so like that is the, thing is like they once they go in they cannot stop they have to if anything speed up to like yeah make sure that they can continue um but that is the thing like they don't think it's too like so deep but they also can't see inside it so they don't know if there's like branches from trees yeah. which we yeah. had, had saw were all exploded like right there and so that's what happens they're clearing it out and they think they have it cleared but then joe who again is also helping to you know, mm. like navigate uh he's in the oil like he's standing in it being like all right yeah. keep coming like all that all that stuff um backs up onto another branch and trips and falls and can't clear it out yes yes fast enough and he's like yeah yelling to stop but mario knows like i i i can't stop or we'll both be stuck here and so it is just this like i i'm sorry dude but i have to keep going and yeah his leg just gets run over and mangled and all sorts of stuff and yeah when they pull him him out it is like i was trying to figure out how they did that back in the day because like it's not it's not like in aliens where it's just like that head on the cart and you can imagine like he's inside the cart somehow right like hidden back behind that um because like they they pull him out and it's just this like pants little leg attached to a boot um yeah so i i don't know if his like leg was folded back and back behind that and they just 
shot it at the right angle. Like, I I don't know, but it it looked incredible. Dug a hole in the dirt, stick your leg in there. And then we've just got like a fabric stuffed leg to to pin. I don't know. Something. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that that shot was incredible. Something I want to go back to is some of the cinematography uh, stuff. So when they have to explode that boulder, uh, this is the first time that they are and the the only time that they are legitimately thinking like, well, what if we use the nitro in yeah. the truck to blow this up? And there is this idea of like, this is a bomb. Now we're essentially making a bomb to explode mm. this 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 rock, even though their trucks have essentially been a bomb this mm. entire time. Right. Um, but there is this moment where they are waiting they're siphoning out the nitro they're filling up this the 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 rock but there is the 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 camera work in this scene was some of my favorite in in the entire movie because again the characters just have to sit there and wait for the most part as they are making this stuff uh it's luigi that is like hammering in the rock with this pipe to to like build this hole in it and it is just this consistent like ding 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 and and you you see a shot of uh of i I still have to like like okay he's tall so it would be luigi but it's actually mario (laughs) in this movie Uh, so mario is heading there with his lighter and he's tapping it just this ting yeah ting and it makes this like clockwork sound right you you see the picture of joe um heading there just like hugging the car or not not tapping it but like scratching at it and it's just like these these small things that people are doing with their hands to indicate their mood or to give this sense of like this this ticking time bomb or how they feel about the situation because him just playing with his lighter again not carefree but there's this there, there are signs on the truck that say no smoking within 50 and he's just sitting yeah. there like just playing with his lighter Ugh. just not it's like dude you're like come on <laughs> um so yeah i like i loved those shots where it, it just got these close-ups of like what they're doing with their hands or the way they look on their faces like the expressions that stuff i I thought was fantastic um and then to just down the road have this completely different visual when joe just gets completely submerged in the oil uh and then again to to go back to like the the themes of like the oppressive nature of this oil company on the town and the way it's ruining the town and their lives mm. and ruining nature here is this man just stuck yeah. he he cannot escape this oil like he he's given up like that is exactly what's happening to the people in the town mm. but here is a more literal like this man is just covered in in the stuff here um and yeah just to see him like it is what what was the one which james bond movie do they cover the person in oil 
it's oh it that's quantum of solace quantum of solace almost kind yeah. of reminded me of, of that where like they're just yes. covered in, in in that stuff and yeah I, I think with his leg just being mangled him already like mentally just kind of have given up yeah yes this guy just kind of succumbs to his wounds here and that's how joe fights it that's how joe yeah. goes out and just caught up in the oil of yeah just yeah just man yeah yeah like the oil and the mud so it's both man versus industry and man versus nature exactly. there are yes. two threats here working in tandem yeah yeah i didn't even think about that but yeah that was just like I, I just loved the way it shot all that stuff the way it looked it like there was probably a couple frames in there where he's trying to swim to the side where it's just all yeah. oil and yes him, like right in yes. there and i was just like yeah that looked great that looked awesome like um stuff they think especially looks good in black and white i don't know if it's literal true to life brown i don't know if it's as striking as the black and white where you have to imagine the exact color of everything yeah who knows who knows um but then also, I, I didn't understand exactly the logic of how Mario ended up getting the truck out. He somehow, like, put those pins in the ground ahead of the truck and then tie. Like, I, I, I think he spooled it up on the axle. So as the yeah. car, con the, the things continued to spin, it would spool up and pull the car yes. forward. That's but what I think. I, I don't know exactly how that worked, but it worked. He g g got out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he was the only one to deliver the nitro at the end. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's talking there. to Joe. Joe's lying there on the, the bench seat, uh, which just to imagine how uncomfortable these cars are, not with the heat, not with the lack of shocks, just like, right. You didn't have ergonomic seats back then. It's just one flat Springs straight plank. In your ass. And that's where you sit yeah. on. Yeah, right. <laughs> like there's um, a lot of things that like nip at you from a modern time frame that are making it even more tense than it was if you actually saw it in 1953 and you're like, yep, those are cars. We don't make them other ways. But he's he's got like Joe up against one side, Joe with his head on his shoulder, and he's telling him like, we're going to get there. I'm going to get you help. And he. I think he gets there as fast as he can. But yeah, Joe just doesn't make it that long. He really yeah. tries. He, like, he, he, he dies like right as they yeah. pull up. That's always the worst. Yeah. 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 But he does get double the money, uh, not quadruple the money. I, I don't know where Bimba and Luigi's money would be going. I, Maybe you I think do it was only get because paid if you deliver the nitroglycerin. It, it was kind of one of those, like, I, I feel like it was one of those things, like, because you were able to deliver the body, like, we can return this to any, like, surviving family yeah. you may have or something. But, like, Bimba and Luigi are just kind of like there's nothing they can really do. It's like, well, they they exploded, right? Right, and we have no clue if there is any next of kin for them. Yeah, you know, I don't believe for yeah. Bimba, Luigi, we have no idea. But yeah, we see back at the town that word has come through that uh, Mario made it. Mario made mm -hmm. it. He delivered the nitroglycerin. They were able to put out that oil fire. 
and he's on his way back home. And Linda is so excited. The rest of the townspeople are excited and they turn on the radio and there's some piece of classical music playing that I couldn't identify, but I knew I recognized. Uh, Mm -hmm. And they're dancing around, they're twirling, they're spinning. They're so happy. And this is playing as Mario. He's got the $4,000. He's driving back, winding around those like hairpin turns in the mountains. Uh, And the way it cuts between him, like, and the camera's like, tilting as he's being jostled around in the car but he's so happy because it's just regular car like there's no nitroglycerin to worry about he feels free he's having a good chance it's like right cuts between that and like the (laughs) 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 he cuts between that and the like almost like frantic joyous dancing of the 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 townspeople both in these Mm -hmm. close-ups both with these like tilting camera movements and then, yeah, he goes off the edge and, like, you the know, camera tilts and spins. Again, you and I have been watching Yellow Jackets yeah. season two. And there's there's a moment in in the penultimate episode of season two that is a lot like this. Like, there's <laughs> it, it, it cuts between some of the characters yeah. just being real joyous and dancing and drinking and having fun. And then this mm. real violent yeah act here um which i yeah i i did not think about that until now um but yeah in in interesting stuff mm. um good stuff good stuff there uh but yeah he goes off the edge has a gruesome car accident Oof. and that last shot is just him dead and it says thin that's it thin done no explanation we don't get to see the the town get the news it's just that's it they partied he died abrupt and yeah um i i enjoy enjoyed this a lot i had fun with this um now like whenever i see a movie and it's just like hot out there's nothing much to do they're just sitting there like i i I feel like i'm always gonna think back to the wages of hey 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 or when they're just sitting there right there's just nothing to to do it's like man it just i i feel like the the film was wet when when they filmed this it was just so sweaty and oh yeah damn humid The, the the film itself just feels wet wet film there you go um cool i I don't know if i have much else to say on the film itself uh so i say we jump into our bingo check-in here we like to do uh review show bingo um here on the show a bunch of different movie tropes and entertainment tropes uh as we read and watch each thing week to week uh did did we get a big puddle splash i think we did I I don't remember specifically. What I'm imagining is like Peter Parker down on his luck. Taxi drives by, splashes him with a big puddle. Like the big puddle splash does not happen in a a, a unnatural atmosphere. That's a big city action. We don't have that. Well, because like they are in in a a town with like dirt roads. And so there's puddles that build up Mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. I like that's the thing I I don't remember if it was in this or something else I was watching recently 
there is a big puddle splash on my mind. I wouldn't count it because even if a big puddle splashes, it's not. It isn't of that narrative impetus behind it, where it's meant to indicate this character has come so low, even like the natural forces are against them. A puddle (laughs) hits them. Sure, yeah. My camera Um, got blurry, and I don't know how to fix it. (laughs) I I think you're 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 good. You're back to okay. Fine here. I feel I feel like I'm normally more high resolution than this. Let's see. I don't think I got anything here on this bingo update. Do you think uh, I don't think you have this, but I do. Do you think this would count for small timer in over their head? We put this in under the context of like small town detective detective, now has to deal with like, oh, this is a serial killer when I normally do with deal with like those Johnson boys threw a brick at my window sort of thing. But when it's just like, yeah, I can drive. I need the money. Can I do this job? And then it's like, well, you know I'm what? dead. Yes. I, I think that okay. is the spirit of this movie, right? It is just All these right. normal guys. They're construction workers or, or yeah, they might be a little more rich or they used to be a little more rich, but now they're just down on their luck, right? They like in this situation, they are out of their league here, right? I, I think that works. Um, but yeah, I don't think I got any on mine this this week. I'm still looking for uh, like a treasure map, a diary entry. Um, I didn't realize my own strength, a villain mm. with a pet, stuff like that. So there you go. There you go closing in it's getting a little more difficult to uh fill out some of these squares unless it's Mm -hmm. with intention that we pitch some some stuff um okay there you go let me uh bring this back to normal size there we go melissa let's do recommendations uh for people who enjoyed this what else might they enjoy this so where I first heard about the wages of fear is from one of my favorite YouTube channels about movies. The channel is called blame society. Uh, it's mm-hmm. the name of like the film production company, but the show is called welcome to the basement. It's been running for 12 years and this host brings his friend into his basement. They're both huge film buffs. And he's like every episode, they do it twice a month. I am going to show you a movie I've never seen before. It can be anything good mm-hmm. or bad can fit any number of themes sometimes it's like we've never watched a movie from this year or from this country or in this subgenre or whatever and you watch them watch the movies it's part genuine smart film insights and part mystery science theater 3000 while they like make jokes about it i gotcha really wide-ranging amount of stuff i love the show they've mentioned it here Uh, And so there's a movie I haven't seen personally, but they did an episode about it years ago. So I've seen the -hmm. clips from it. They give you like a full summary of the movie beginning to end. And that's a movie by Werner Herzog from 1982 called Fitzcarraldo. I mentioned this earlier. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Opera loving European named Brian Fitzgerald lives in a small Peruvian city. Better known as uh, his name is Brian Fitzgerald, but they call him Fitzcarraldo. This foreigner is obsessed with building an opera house in his town and decides to make his dream a reality. He needs to make a killing in the rubber business. 
In order to become a successful rubber baron, Fitzcarraldo <laughs> hatches an elaborate plan that calls for a particularly impressive feat, bringing a massive boat over a mountain with the help of a band of natives. And it's a situation where they had to do this thing in real life to make it happen within the movie. We have oh, wow. to build a boat. We can't like ford the river with it or whatever. We have to tr- like pick up the boat and carry it up and over a mountain to get back onto the river. Wild. It, it's it's the South American jungle. It's sticky. This man is driven by one singular passion, and it's he's not making money for money's sake. He's making money so that he can build an opera house there in the South American jungle because that's where he happens to live, and that's what he loves. That is what he believes is man's highest art form. He's this one opera singer he idolizes who he wants to bring there mm-hmm. to his little city in Peru and like build the opera house that would bring him. Interesting. Interesting. Huh. Um, I'm looking to through some stuff. I like to go back to the Twilight Zone. There's the episode yeah. the Midnight Sun and in which the Earth falls out of orbit. Uh, it gets hotter and h- hotter uh, in this <laughs> teddy. Uh, I don't know if this is the same one, but I think there's something like another episode very similar. This might be it, but uh, like it's it's super hot all the time. And then I think they wake up. You learn it was all a, d- a dream and oh. they live in an earth where it's it's freezing cold the entire oh, time. Yeah. So it's like the exact opposite. Uh, I know. Uh, that so, one. yeah, if you want another like real sweaty, um, sweaty, like black and white uh, thing, that would be one to check out. But I, I thought like I, I don't think that one has the same themes of uh, like colonization and capitalism mm. and the oppressive nature and the, the, just mm. like the cycle that it spins up. Um I, I, you know, I, I feel like Metropolis is also a good one to put like you, you, you mentioned sure. that at the start of the podcast, because that does have some of those themes in the, 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 there. There's that big dreams sequence where he sees the like the people like working and like praying to the machine inside it thing. I don't know exactly, but yeah, um, man, uh. This one's a tough one for me to come up with. Like, if you liked this, there's, there's some other things. There's a new show that is on Max. By the time this episode releases, the HBO will have been dropped. It is officially Max now. Rest in peace. There's a HBO. show. I, <laughs> there's a show I heard about. <laughs> I haven't watched yet, but it is an adult uh, animated comedy series called Fired on Mars. And mm. it's about this corporation on mars and if you work it there you get it's like set in a a not so distant future where it's not like there's aliens or anything earth just made a a company that exists on mars and when you go to mars it's a one-way ticket you can't come back like that oh there's not the technology to send you back i haven't watched the thing yet but this guy gets hired to work for this mars company as a graphic designer he leaves his whole world behind. He travels to Mars. And once he, he gets there, they've eliminated his position. So he no longer works for the only company on Mars, but he can't leave Mars. Interesting. So he's, he's just like stuck there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
The I'm looking at IMDb and the summary says Jeff Cooper has to reinvent himself after being fired from his position in the space startup Mars.ly. With no chance to return to Earth, he has to find again meaning in a dangerous, alien, but familiar corporate landscape. Interesting. Uh, so I might pitch here, this in the future. This sounds really interesting. Here's here's one that I thought of that I, I haven't seen, but this is like mm. one of the few things I know about the movie. Uh, Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. That was right? on my list of hot movies I considered pitching. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's like that. I, I just know like it's super hot and everyone's just sitting there outside and they just, you know, they get mad at each other. Things are happening left and right just because they have nothing else to do, uh, which felt like the first half of, of, of yeah. this movie. Indeed. Um, but yeah. I, I, I would say those are some good recommendations. Mm-hmm. I, I I can't really think of anything else, but um, there you go, there you go. Yeah. Good old recommendations, which means it's my turn to do some pitches. Uh, but I, I well, so next week here on the podcast yes. is our end of the month special. Um, we are c- continuing our coverage on the Good Place. Uh, this is our. We, we, we've done some like sitcom exchange episodes here on the show in the past, but kind of just by nature of this show, we haven't really done mm. a sitcom on the show. So yeah. this, these these end of the month specials that we do is kind of one of our chances to do that. And The Good Place uh, not only happens to be a well-received and critically acclaimed show, but fits in like... These seasons are shorter. They're not the like usual longer sitcom length. Yeah, we don't have to watch 24 episodes a month for seven straight months. Like it is it is the perfect length. Uh, It had a strong beginning. This isn't one of the sitcoms that people like, but they like starting in like season three. Yes. Yeah. Um, So we are continuing our coverage on that. We will be watching season two for this next week here on the show. So get ready for that. Um, but I am ready to pitch the stuff for the week after that. Go um, for it. Yeah. Uh, we are also kicking off our like summer movie marathon, hot IMAX summer as Melissa called it on one of yeah. our other podcasts. Uh, yeah, all the summer movies are about to start up. So I, I know we're going to be kind of busy with stuff and more spoiler casts over on yeah the reactor core so i wanted to pitch some movies uh and mm-hmm. one of my goals uh this year here on the show is to get a little bit more sword and sorcery uh stuff we haven't really really dipped into that genre much here on the show we did our, our first uh like toe test on that uh earlier this this year there we, might be a few we read, things we could we read the uh this two volume red sonia comic by gail simone which i think yes. was even though we've just covered it the one time i think that is very thoroughly sword and sorcery like i think just oh, yeah. that one thing kind of has covered the bases for what to look for in this genre yeah yeah that's i i, I think that's why we ended up picking that at first because of those like 
the, the mix because I think I, I pitched like a movie and a comic and something that like you're like, let's go with the comic. Um, but that, yeah, that had a good variety of, of there's a little bit of fighting, a little bit of magic, a little bit of adventuring, um, drinking, sex. plenty of that, plenty of that. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to pitch some sword and sorcery movies this time. So pitch number one, uh, is actually one of the other ones that I pitched last time. This is the Conan, the barbarian movie and Conan, the destroyer. These are the two, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger Conan movies. Um, these are like what I think of when I think of the sword and sorcery genre. I have not seen these in their entirety, but these are movies my dad had on as a kid all the time. Uh, he loves these movies. Um, I think we've even had uh, one of the movies we've watched this year, I think, uh, or something. Um, that I was watching the, the, this year quote these movies a lot. Like, what is best in life, right? The uh-huh. to hear the, the lamentations of their women and something, something, something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I, I, this is just like the the quintessential sword and sorcery thing, at least in my mind. But I haven't seen them yet. Um, yeah. So I I I think that is a, a a good pitch for our our pitch number one here. I would like to get them on the show at some point. They don't need to be this one though. If you find one of these other two pitches a little more interesting, because pitch number two is Beastmaster from 1982, <laughs> a sword and sorcery. Are, th- <laughs> are all of these from the 80s? Is there a single one of these that was released in our lifetime? Uh, no, all three of these are <sighs> in the 80s. There is a more modern Conan remake, uh, if you want that. There are some more modern stuff, but uh, yeah, I, I I feel like Sword and Sorcery hit it, at, at, at least in like popular Hollywood, hit its I, height in the 80s with that. I could be completely wrong, but that's what I... I don't think there like. have been new. I mean, people have returned to Conan and to Red Sonia, but I don't think there's new sword and sorcery material being it also, created. It 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 also depends on how far you're willing to expand, like what fits in sword and sorcery. Because what, what, what one of the things I pitched last time was Jason and the Argonauts, and mm. this idea of like how yeah. like is like mythological gods and creatures does that fit in it probably can but depends because there have been more modern day like mythological movies stuff like that um but yeah pitch number two is the Beastmaster from 1982 uh commercially it kind of bombed um but i know that uh it it had some success down the road as it kept playing on tv um and 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 stuff like that uh but this is uh about a guy who can communicate with animals uh he fights an evil lizard and his army to get revenge on 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 him for uh killing his parents um back in the day i don't i don't know anything really about this movie other than that in community uh they have one of their (laughs) halloween specials and chevy chase (laughs) dresses up as the beast master yeah 
and then I imagine this is true of many out, things where you say saved by Batman. And yeah, it's great. I don't know what this is, but I saw them reference it once in community. Exactly. Community specifically. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so that's pitch number two. And pitch number three uh, is a little bit more of a sci-fi take on the sword and sorcery um, genre. This is the movie Kroll. K-R-U-L-L from 1983. Yeah, it's a science fantasy swashbuckler film. Um, yeah, let me see. So that that's listing the whole plot. Let me see if I can get a. Uh, I can also Google it and read. Find what you need. I'll, I'm doing my own research over here. Let's see here. Um, a prince and a fellowship of companions set out to rescue his bride from a fortress of alien invaders who have arrived on their home planet. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I wanted to put this one in there just because it has a little bit more of that, like that sci-fi take on it, um, which I thought was interesting. Um, cause I mean, you can have swords and sorcery, right. In a sci-fi setting too, that is possible. Um, not unlike some star Wars stuff, but yeah, no, this is not like as sci-fi as Star Wars. Um, but I thought that was an, an, an interesting uh, thing. So there you go. Pitch number one, Conan the Barbarian and Conan the Destroyer. Pitch number two, the Beastmaster. And pitch number three, Kroll. Um, I know the first Conan movie is available on Netflix. I think we'd have to rent a second one. I uh, the Beastmaster, I believe, was available on Amazon Prime um, for everyone to watch. And then Kroll would be one we would have to rent. Um, and I think that was available on Apple. You could talk me into one Conan movie, but not two. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, there are I- only two. So, like, it, it. I, I, my time on Earth is precious to me. I'm not committing myself to two when I don't know if I'm going to really be thrilled by number one. No, not to disparage the movie. This is just like not my flavor of things. That's and okay. Like I said you, don't, earlier, you don't have to pick those ones. When we, when we read, read Sonia, I felt like that checked the box for me. I'm like, I'm good on this subgenre. I feel like I have sufficiently experienced it. And you're like, nope, we got to do it again. More. I'm doing it three times this <laughs> This year so this is my second time why, why three what what because have we not done in the grand <laughs> scheme of things we've done what 250 plus episodes and and we only have one sword and sword like three it is like a good you, just like we've we've done a couple of them to help us understand the genre and the breadth of this um so yeah. i I feel, sometimes I feel like three of one thing in a year is a bit much for me. I would like them if they were a bit more spaced out, but I, I accept I, your spreading terms. them out. The first one was in like I, February, the start of the year. The this next is, one will be in like late she, fall. I, <laughs> I, this is, my, we, you and I experience time on earth very differently, Kyle. This is overwhelming <laughs> for me. It's really not. <laughs> I, d- I decide what's overwhelming for me. You don't decide that. Very true. Uh, out of these three, I know the word crawl 
I know the word glaive. I've never been. I, I think I knew a glaive was a weapon. But now that I Google it, I think this might be the first time I've ever re- properly seen a glaive. I feel like this hits okay. the thing that I, I need to know about the most. Just in that. Sure. I have heard the words. They've never been properly contextualized for me. I feel like I ought to know them. So that like if I'm walking around a Comic-Con or something and somebody has made a glaive from scratch, I could talk oh, to them wow, about cool it. cool glaive. <laughs> right? <laughs> Chances are high that I will run into a glaive in my life. Not literally run into it, not be stabbed by it. Yeah. But I will okay. see somebody like making a prop at a, a con or a Comic-Con or a Ren Fair or something. And I can point at it and say, cool glaive, cool glaive from the movie Crawl, 1983. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, yeah, let's do let's do crawl then. I mean, that that seems to be the one you, you're you want to to pick here. Um, so yeah. I, I will I will pick crawl. I like varying it up with some sci fi flavor. Hell yeah. That sounds good. To I me. like the idea of a fake planet more than just like we went to some rocks in California and it's just like rocks from long ago on Earth. I like the <laughs> idea of not being on Earth. OK, OK. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. That one seemed interesting to to me just with the because that's the, I, I don't know much about the sword and sorcery genre. So when you start to expand it and put a little more other genre influence on that, I like what does that look like exactly? Um, so, yeah, cool. That'll be happening in two weeks. Crawl. Um, but yeah. I think that is about it for this week. Next week, as we said, season two of The Good Place. Get excited for that. Uh, but Melissa, where can the people find you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities. There we go. Uh, you guys can find me at Yo Kyle Springer. And if you'd like to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are, of course, at The Whatnots on Twitter. Uh, so please go like, share, and subscribe. You guys know the deal with all of that. If you're watching this on YouTube, we got a few more videos right over there for you all to check out. Uh, but yeah, this has been, what, 256? Uh, I, I, I think of The Whatnots review show. 54. Gotcha. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.